I want you to imagine that you are the Apostle John. You have been exiled to a small island. You're living in a cave. Whatever time you have outside of the cave is devoted to forced labor at the hands of those who are representing the Emperor Domitian. As you're there in your 90s, totally exhausted, what's going through your mind? You're probably thinking back to when you wrote what we know today as the Gospel of John. Or you're thinking of the three short epistles that you wrote. You're thinking of all the fellow followers of the Savior who have died martyrs' deaths. And here you are, an old man on an island in a cave. What would be going through your mind? Would you not be thinking, well, my life's over, uh, what good am I at this point? But then it happens. Suddenly, you are having a direct encounter with Jesus Christ, the one that you know had a special affection for you, a special love for you, the one who, when he was dying on the cross, looked at you and then looked at his mother standing alongside of you and said, Son, behold your mother. And then he said to his mother, Mother, behold your son. He loved you that much that he had entrusted the woman who gave him his humanity, he entrusted her to you. And then, of course, you would think of the, the, that supper, that Passover, what is now known to us as the Last Supper, as you leaned against him, as everyone there knew that there was a special affection that the two of you had for each other. Now, we don't know what John was thinking at this moment. It could have been that he was wondering why in the world God allowed all this, and why he was finding himself there again deserted on this island living in a cave. And then it happened. And it's recorded in what we know as the Apocalypse, the Revelation. It's an incredible book of the Bible, a book that promises a special blessing to the person who reads it, the person that hears it, and then the person that heeds it. We all need to heed it to have the blessing. So let me begin by reading Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. The voice said, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet, though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. 
I died and behold, I live forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. John is now looking at the one that he walked with, the one that he loved, the one that he honored in the course of Jesus' ministry on earth. John is now seeing him in his glorified state. He is seeing him as he looks right now, seated at the right hand of the Father. So John hears this voice that's like a blast, like a trumpet blast, and he turns, and what does he see? He says, I saw seven golden lampstands. This represents the Holy Spirit, seven being the, the number of completion, the number of perfection. We are seeing here the work of the Trinity because God the Father has given this message, the revelation, to his Son, and now we find present in the midst of this is the Holy Spirit. And then it says, in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. When you compare this to Old Testament priest, you see that Jesus is dressed in garb that represents the high priest of Israel is now standing before John. John goes on and says, the hairs of his head were white like white wool, like snow. John is trying to capture this incredible scene. What does he have in mind when it comes to the hair being so white like snow or like white wool? It would seem that John may well have in mind the words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. John is dealing with the holiness, the glory of Jesus Christ. And it brings to mind how we in our humanity, our fallen humanity, born into this world in sin, cannot approach a holy God. John is overwhelmed by what he is seeing. He then says his eyes were like a flame of fire. What, what does he mean by this? Well, again, to understand so much of what we read in the book of Revelation, we need to look at other passages that reflect upon the terminology. Right away, we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13, when we are told that we will all believers stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for our lives. And it says, each one's work will become manifest, in other words, revealed, for the day, the day of our judgment, not of our sins, but of our life's work, will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. In other words, what John was feeling and sensing and seeing, that's what's going to happen to us when we stand before the glorified Savior. And then in 1 John chapter 4, verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite in whom indeed there is no deceit. How was Jesus able to say that? He's able to literally, as the God-man and as the glorified Savior, he's able to look and get past all of the things that stand in the way of truth and reality. It's as if with his very gaze, he brings forth the truth.
So John says his eyes were like a flame of fire, and then he says his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. What does he have in mind here when he talks about his feet being like burnished bronze, that which can crush? I think of uh, Revelation chapter 19. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, verse 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. All this yet future. All this we can look forward to. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. Notice he's going to tread the winepress. And he's going to do it with these incredibly powerful burnished bronze feet that John is describing. And his voice was like the power of a a massive waterfall as it cascades down a mountain. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. The seven stars, if we go down to verse 20, we discover that it's referring to the messengers to the church, the angelos which could be literal angels, or it's very possible it could be the one who's going to read this letter, or it could actually be the preacher of that particular body of believers at Ephesus and Thyatira and all of the seven churches. And notice how John responds as he sees the Savior in all of his glory. John said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. He was so overwhelmed, he felt like he was lifeless, unable to move. I fell at his feet, though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. John is demonstrating for us that when we find ourselves in the presence of the Holy God, In the presence of our glorious Savior, we will fall on our face and we will want to worship Him. But why wait? Why wait until we're face to face with Him? John has given us this description of what our Savior looks like right now. His majesty, His power, and yes, His holiness. And then note how the Lord Jesus responds. John writes, But He the Savior, laid his right hand on me. Notice it points out right hand. The right hand, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The right hand is a place of honor. Simply by touching John, Jesus was honoring him, reassuring him. Then he continued, the Lord Jesus said, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid of me, John. And the only reason John did not need to be afraid of Jesus is that the death of Jesus Christ had covered John's sins. John could be in the presence of a holy God. So he is told by the Lord, fear not, I am the first and the last. In other words, he's the beginning and he is the end. All of history, it's really, as some have said, it is his story. He is the creator and the sustainer, and he will come and he will make this world new. And then Jesus refers to himself as 
the living one. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. He is a living Savior. Jesus defeated our common foe, namely death. He demonstrated who he is. His claims were verified, validated by his resurrection from the dead. Something that we need to understand, and few of us do, is that every person who has ever lived will one day have a resurrection body. Some will be resurrected and cast away from God because they died in their sins. Those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will have resurrected bodies, but will be in the presence of the one who died for us, that we could be forgiven. I invite you at this very moment to put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ. And when you do, you can say with the prophet Isaiah, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, covered by the blood of Christ. Trust in him now.